you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL Podcast. Hey, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Zessler, Colleen Wolf, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys and woman? I'm alive. Thank God. <laughs> I know. I was worried when I looked at my mentions. I think my family and friends are too. There was, <laughs> and if you missed Friday's show, which shame on you if you did, um, Colleen was supposed to be on the show, was feeling under the weather, um, so she uh, let us know she wasn't going to make it. And that, uh, maybe, Mark, uh, you, I mean, Greg, got a little carried away and wondering about how uh, serious it could be right down uh, to a eulogy. Of mm. sorts, or a, well, a, a, a memoriam type scenario. I look Maybe at we it, took it too far. I, I listened back to it. I felt like we were trying to honor, you know, what she has accomplished up to this point, just in case we there was no further beyond the point. Maybe there was the if that was the end of Colleen. We're prepared. We did, yeah, we if did it happens, if something should really happen, nice which we wouldn't tribute. want it to, of course. Plus, we would, would get be. the scoop. It would be our. It, it's, it should be our news to break. I'm glad I'm yeah. a news point. <laughs> My mom yeah. did text me, and she said, is every, everything okay with Colleen? And then we didn't hear from <laughs> Colleen for like – Thanks, Mrs. Rosenthal. <laughs> we didn't hear from Colleen for like 24 hours, and then I was like, shoot, is she pissed at us? <laughs> I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> there was a very large uh, window where there was – you know, expecting like a sudden rash of tweets that night from Colleen or a couple hours after right. the mm. total right. Well, I get this yeah. like cryptic text from Dan, and he just says, you should listen to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was thinking, like, never good. And then some, a couple people tweeted at me, like, "Hey, you could get well." These, you know, my wording, but generally, you can get banged in a big spot if Colleen actually does kick it. Oh my god, that would be awful. That would be bad. You would have to pull that down. I'm, I'm glad you're worried about you. <laughs> and that's the that would be the real tragedy there. Well, not you, not me. I mean, the, uh, right, the group, right. the group of us as He'll news, as news gatherers, we would. Yeah, honestly, the, honestly, the media group. This is, we're all we've been told this many times. Don't look at yourself as NFL.com, NFL Now, Mm-mm. NFL Network. We're all under one umbrella. And if we got that story wrong, the NFL mm. got that story wrong. Mm. That's right. And we're happy to say we got it wrong. Colleen's alive. I'm here. You haven't gotten rid of me yet. Good. Who would have thought, you know, it wasn't Colleen that was killed off, but the Oakland Raiders. Ooh, Ooh nice transition. Right? I mean, I mean, that's terrible. But and especially we have a lot of fans from Oakland. Uh, I'm an, I'm more I'm annoyed about it. Yeah, we're all upset into. about it. it. You know, sucks. we like to ha- consider ourselves a, kind of a, a, a what do they call it? Like a, a megaphone. Uh, you're holding what looks like a microphone, but yeah. So Megaphone. I, I think we're all fans of football and and we really empathize with the fans in Oakland because that will be the main topic today. We'll be talking about the Raiders um, are going to Las Vegas uh, as soon as 2019 could be 2020. Uh, we just did a uh, NFL Network live hit on it and we will talk about it in depth today. 
uh, today's show, of course, sponsored by Mr. Flame's economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. And, uh, yeah, so we'll talk about the Raiders, the, the other stuff going on in the news. And, but, the, you know, it all kind of pales. I mean, this is a quiet time in the calendar. So this uh, annual NFL owners meeting, this, as we talked about on Friday, this was the big story. There's a bunch of, you know, what are the Floatsam? Float- Flotsam. Flotsam. Jetsam and Flotsam. I Thank you. Yeah. I like Floatsam. Floatsam. Well, <laughs> go with that. Uh, it's that, your show. That, that we were talking about, but that we'll be talking about. But the main thing is this Raiders situation, and it does suck. doesn't get much bigger than one of the league's most iconic franchises moving to Las Vegas, of all places. Uh, it would have been insane to imagine this even as a possibility five, ten years ago. You would have never thought the NFL would even consider it. Yeah. So if any team is going to go to Vegas, yes. it makes sense yeah. that it would be the Raiders, but it still stinks. That You're absolutely right about that. And I think yeah, all of us growing up as football fans, if you watch like TV or movies and they always have fake football teams and those – uh, when you don't have the NFL licensing, it was always like the Las Vegas Renegades, Absolutely. Las Vegas Outlaws. Right. And it's like, you never thought they're the Las Vegas Raiders? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. How did this happen? It's like I mentioned on the network, kid. It feels like when you're just utterly, you're younger and just utterly hammered and playing Madden and coming up with the most convoluted like city and team combination. It's like, this just feels surreal. And the thing is, it's not a surprise. We knew this was going to happen. We knew this was in the books, but now that it's happened, it feels so bizarre. And it's so awkward for fans that have to go to the games now in Oakland for the next two years before they make the move to Las Vegas. Mm. And it's sort of like, I mean, coming off this, this sickness, maybe I'm just, my head is in this space, but I feel like for the fans, you can look at it like it's kind of dealing with a terminal illness. So you have a chance to have those two two years to say everything that you want to say. You can say your goodbyes and take your time with it and sort of ease yourself off of the team instead of having them just suddenly gone in the middle of the night and you're left dealing with shock Mm. and emotions and feelings. You know, now you can just take your time and watch the team slip away. You know what? That that analogy (laughs) is fitting because you know what? You know what my big takeaway with terminal illness is? Please. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fitting yep. analogy if like right after you're at the bedside and you're crying and you go to the funeral with your brothers and oh, you know, we're going to we're all going to miss mom. You're looking for closure. And then you turn on the TV later that fall and you see mom's out with some other guy. Mom's fine. The mom's whole thing. Mom's a double life. She's living, she's fine, she's happier and making more money elsewhere. Well, wait a minute. The dying, then you feel a little different about on. the terminal illness. The Raiders aren't the <laughs> the Raiders don't have the terminal illness. Oakland as a football city does. Mm. Oakland ain't dating another guy 6 months later. Oakland's got nothing now. Zero zip. All right, but let's say what Greg was uh, gonna, Greg was understanding. Now I'm really confused. What does the <laughs> the Vegas guy that mom's now you know, going to town with, uh, explain it however you want. Uh, you know, he's he's muscle he's muscle bound. He's got a big tan from all the the pool nights at uh, pool days at rehab. You know, he's got the glasses on. He listens to club music. He's constantly. got Tiesto and Calvin Harris. Tiesto, blaring. Harris. You know, you name him. The, the, he's listening to these club bangers. And you're back in Oakland, and you're like, Mom, you're supposed to be dead. Now we're getting a little distant. That's <laughs> yeah. But like Vegas now has two. Teams now they have an NHL franchise and an NFL franchise after having zero. That Steve Weissman in our network hit broke that news to you. To me, did anybody else? Did anybody else know this? I didn't know I, the name of the team, so that was news to me. I was confused. I was like, is that a minor league team that's already there, or is that the hockey team that's moving there? Because I do. They're starting this year, uh, next next NHL season. The Las I Vegas didn't know their names though. Golden Knights and Golden Knights. That's a silly I name. am from the town of Pearl River, New York. It's a coal town, very humble. Uh, yes, it you is. Know, a very blue collar. It's yeah. basically a Springsteen song uh, set to life. It's like the place. It's the type of place build the Clintons would retire to. All right, That's the type all right, of Martha's. <laughs> all right, Martha. Anyway, uh, our, our we were the Pearl River Pirates. And our chief rival were the Nanuet Golden Knights. And I didn't think the Golden Knights was, that was a name that was going to get a lot of traction. Now it's a professional franchise. How are you feeling about this right now, that they're back in your life again? You know, we, every October we used to battle for the Little Brown Jug, the big football game. You know, 
I don't I don't have any other feelings other than reference a little brown jug in a big spot. I think it's interesting though that the two commissioners that are the most against gambling, you have Roger Goodell and Gary Bettman, and now their mm. teams are in Las Vegas. Well, I, I think mm. I think it's gonna go slower than the country's attitudes towards uh, legal marijuana, which also is affecting the NFL, and I think it's going too soon because I think the NFL is going to change their policy, their drug policy, so it's it's not as severe if you get caught smoking weed. But in the same way that that's happened around the country faster than anyone would have possibly imagined, I think it's going that direction with sports gambling. It's a little tougher. Uh, it's a little longer of a road. But just the fact that the NFL is willing to move there, I think, shows they see a future where, okay, maybe this can be done responsibly. Sports gambling is not that big of a deal. The whole rest of the freaking world bets on sports, and the U.S. doesn't. They bet on it like when they're going into the stadiums in basically Well, we know country. that you know all about that. It's just <laughs> – here's the other thing. They were out of turns. They, they try, it's easy to just rip the Raiders from one angle and say you shouldn't have done this, you shouldn't have moved, but they tried for a very long time. California as a state is not into financing gigantically expensive stadiums. They are not, and, and they basically they ran out of moves. This gives stability and a modern stadium yeah. to the Raiders. This was the option. Let, let's break this down a little bit in terms of just like the X's and O's of the announcement today and what happened. So the NFL owners voted 31-1. to 1. On Monday, the Dolphins, and I'd love to know the reason why. He released the statement. Uh, what did Stevie Ross have to say about Miami. it? I, li- I kind of liked it, what he had to say, actually. Miami was the coolest city before with a team. Mm. Now it's got Vegas to deal with. Hmm. I don't think no. that was the contents of the statement, but that's a good <laughs> That was, that the, was the official yes. statement. Exactly. <laughs> he, he echoed really what we have been echoing, and I think we're going to continue to echo, that that we should keep the fans in mind, that teams should do everything possible to stay in their home market, that a home, that a team like that is a public utility, and they should basically try harder, that that, mm. that that keeping making these teams move around or letting these teams happen, three teams in 14 months, is bad long-term for the NFL. You know, Stephen Ross, way to be. Well, an NFL Network Insider, Ian Rappaport, said on the air before we came up here that the kind of the mood of why they downvoted it was not just the Raiders situation, but like you said, the whole thing of we're shifting teams, which is terrible for the NFL. It is utterly terrible. Three moves in what, 17 months? 14. 14 months, uh, including two major um, uh, cities in California. So San Diego loses the Chargers to L.A., which I think people are still trying to make sense of that. Yeah. And now Oakland is a different situation. Now they go to Vegas, and it seemed like um, that San Diego, there was a deal that could be made there, and the ownership just decided there was more money to be made in Los Angeles. This is a little more complicated issue, I think, in Oakland, because it go, going back to the current owner's father, they had been trying to build a new stadium in Oakland uh, for years and years and years, uh, and the they explored options in Los Angeles. That didn't work out, and then they looked to Vegas, and then Nevada lawmakers approved $750 million in public financing for a new stadium. That's a big part of this, too. Like and Bank of America, another $600 million. So that's a lot of people that aren't this, the Raiders. We're kind of getting out of the era where cities are rubber stamping or the, these teams are, are forcing – uh, almost a hostage situation where they're saying, build us a stadium or we're leaving. Team cities, I feel like, are, are smartening right. up and getting a backbone and saying, no, you're the billionaire, do it. But the problem with that is you could play hardball like that, but you could end up like San Diego and now Oakland too. It's That's why it's such a bad situation. California is essentially a small nation, and they've got incredible issues. You know, we all live here, and if you have kids in the school system, it's a disastrous school system in many cities. There's so many programs that are underfunded that money, voters here are, they're going to put money and they're going to rubber stamp money towards things that matter more to their right. families. Which is, which makes sense. I mean, yes, this country is a mess right now. You know what school systems are struggling? Uh, Las Vegas, not exactly on top of things. Like they, they just basically cut funding, you know, they cut funding to their schools to like increase class size and that is a, a drop in the bucket like the the money that they're taking out for schools compared to 750 million dollars so that all makes sense to me it's really just because mark davis is not like other owners and i don't think the chargers ownership the spanishes are like other owners 
the, the if he if Mark Davis wanted to, I said it last show, like he could find a billionaire in the Bay Area that could figure out his own stadium. It's a really but they can't afford it. Situation. Right. They can't afford it. Um, here's what Mark Davis had to say at the annual uh, owners meetings uh, when the uh, it became official that the Raiders were going to Las Vegas. My father used to say that the greatness of the Raiders is in its future, and the opportunity to build a world class stadium in the entertainment capital of the world is one opportunity that will give us an opportunity, give us the ability to uh, achieve that greatness. And uh, then Davis, and I will give him at least some credit for this. There was some self-awareness that maybe we haven't seen with some other recent owners about, you know, what this meant for the city he was leaving behind. I have mixed feelings, obviously. I love Oakland. I love the fans in Oakland. And I know that there's going to be disappointment and maybe some anger. And I just hope that in the future, as we play in Oakland this year, that they understand that it wasn't the players, it wasn't the coaches that made this decision, but it was me that made it. And if they have anybody to talk to about it, it should be me. And I will, in the coming days, try to explain to them what went into making this difficult decision. Thank you. Hmm. Um, Mark Davis can't go to a game for like two years. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be so strange the next two to three years. Let's Let's get into that a little, like, that they announced that they're going to play in the Coliseum this year, and they plan to the year after that. They did use the word "plan to," so I think if this year went horribly wrong, they right. can they can get out of that lease in 2018. The thing that was newsy to me, more newsy than anything, almost in terms of surprise, was Mark Davis kind of made the public pitch. We'd love to stay in 2019 too, if the Raiders fans want us to. Basically, I think their their whole thing is they're going to try to keep all these fans. And they're going to try to make it seem like a three-year goodbye, a three-year party, and have a good atmosphere. And if they can, they might stay there in 2019. This is a three-year run-up until this stadium is ready in Las Vegas. It's very strange. It's very awkward. I hate that, though. That, I, I agree. That's, that's having, it bo- having it both ways, which is like, Can't. hey, we want to turn this, and to go back to the death analogy, we want to turn this into a three-year <laughs> funeral. And, 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 you know, like we're, an Irish funeral. Yeah, an Irish funeral. We're not here to mourn. We're here to celebrate the life of the Oakland Raiders. You know, screw that. That's bullshit. Like, or let's break up and still be friends. Yeah, right. No, exactly. This is, let's, let's call it what it is. You abandon your city. And you need time to bridge the gap between that Vegas stadium. Right. Let's not, you know, put lipstick on a pig here and pretend like, oh, it's going to be amazing these final years in Oakland. Enough of that. Right. Let's not act like the main reason is that the only other option they have in Las Vegas right now is an UNLV football stadium that is not up to snuff and will not be for another year at least. So if it is then, that's still not a good option for them. But if things totally go south in Oakland, they're not going to hang around for another two years. I I view that, you're right, it was a pitch, but it was also Mark Davis saying, hey, listen, maybe this will be great for the people of Oakland. And at that point, you've got to say, enough. Your your statement at this point has gone on too long. Thank you. I can't imagine being a Raiders fan it's right so now weird. and all of the emotions that you're going through. I would never want to go to a game and give them my money. Well, that that I agree with you, and there I think there's going to be a ton of anger, and I think Raiders fans are more mixed on it than than certainly Chargers or Rams fans were, where where it was all just fury. But fast forward to late October. If the Raiders are seven and one, then what are you feeling? Because it's this team you just invested so much in, not to mention the last 13 years of not having a winning record. You've got an MVP caliber uh, quarterback, even if he's not making MVP decisions in terms of who follows him, who, right. who gets blocked on Twitter. You, you know, you've, you've had this team that you're excited about, and maybe they're going to be in the mix. And how? what are you going to be feeling then? How could you not get swept up a little but have mixed emotions? I don't know. I think there are two types it's of Raiders fans. As we mentioned on the NFL Network, it's not the same as if you were an Oilers fan and it's curtains, You're, everything that you've rooted for is suddenly gone. Or if you were a Browns fan and they're gone and you don't know if you're going to get a team back. There are two types of Raiders fans. There are probably regional Oakland Bay Area fans that identify more with the fact that I'm from the Bay Area. You don't diss the Bay Area. Maybe Little Debbie falls into that category. We don't know. But the other side is just pure Raiders fans. They still have their team, and they've dealt with a move already. This is unprecedented. It's a team moving twice now. Think That's what I'm saying. They dealt with a now. move already, so yeah. yeah it's Think like, about this, Mark. It's crazy. You, as everyone on this podcast knows, the Browns came back in 1999 to Cleveland, have never identified a quarterback. They've struggled for 17 or 18 years now. Imagine you, Mark, finally got the quarterback, and oh, then the front God. office 
made the right th- draft decisions, and they stuck with their GM. A five-year process, too. They finally stuck with a plan and stuck with management and hit on a quarterback with a, a second-round pick. And you think you're set up as a fan for the next decade, and then you get told that it's all that's getting the, the rug yanked out. I don't know Ripped if there's away from people you. are saying like we don't maybe the the reaction isn't as uh, hardcore uh, as it's been in San Diego, Los Angeles. Maybe the Raiders fans in Oakland. Uh, first of all, we're not up there. Second of all, maybe they're a little bit in a shock right now because it's, this has been hanging over them for years and years. But the 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 fact that this is actually going to happen, you're going to lose Derek Carr. You're going to lose this great uh, talented offense. You're going to lose Khalil Mack. Like. That is a crazy thought if you're a fan. It's I, I'm with you. I think the I think the difference is is that I would fall into at this point in my life. I'm a Browns fan. I'm not. A, I the fact that it's I don't live in Cleveland. I've never lived in Cleveland. So it's like if you're if you're t- more tied to them being interwoven with the city that you live in, raise your family in, have your kids and want them to be Raiders fans, and suddenly they're uprooted. That fan that fan's gonna have a different reaction than the people we see all over the place. Right, Everywhere you go, there's the Raiders. Raiders fans. And they're like, there's all this chatter out there about Raider Nation number one above all this. Derek Carr actually called for that essentially in a right. statement. But I think you're right. We are five hours into this announcement. Right. Let's see where fans are, you know, three or four months from now, if not weeks. And we'll see. Be- we'll, I, I would say let's see seven years from now. You know, that's that's where I'm thinking. Once once the buzz kind of wears off, and let's say that you know the Raiders are just back to being a middling team, or like, is. Could this is a thing that I could imagine that the NFL made a huge mistake. Like I rarely look at uh, moves that the NFL makes and can't understand them. And I, I can understand this, but think that it doesn't lack foresight. I could see this being something the NFL regrets in seven or eight years. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's maybe what Stephen Ross was saying. I think that 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 it's half filled with opposing fans, and there's not really a local community, and they lose a lot of the Raiders fans that they had, but they're not really gaining them, and then they're just in this weird spot with a nice stadium. Here, uh, to the point of like the the frustration again of the situation. Uh, for the fans to get left behind. Something I heard today uh, on NFL Network and watch, I just want to play a clip from you. This was Steve Weiss and Kim Jones talking at the owners' meetings. No victory lap of any sorts from the league or Mark Davis. I think they understand the pain that this is going to cause some folks in Oakland, so they were clear not to stick out their chest and say, hey, we're super happy to be coming to Las Vegas. All good, but a little bit of deja vu. And then I read the statement from Derek Carr. As players, we will show up and give everything we have. We will compete, and we will do our best to bring a championship to the entire Raider nation. While I am from California and would have loved playing in Oakland my whole career, I understand the business side of the NFL. It affects us all. That sounds a lot like Phillip Rivers. Like not to not to go back to a point we already made, but three times in 14 months this is happening. This is bad business, the, mm. and I would have never thought the NFL, which has never been more successful than it is now, Colleen, that this is happening now, where we can't get these teams to stay put, and no, we can't figure out solutions. And I think the blame falls on a lot of people. Uh, both inside the NFL and out. It's just so weird because we went so long without any franchises moving, and now all of a sudden we're banged three times in a row. But I want to know what happens, hey, uh, with the <laughs> players, the young players. the Like, when you think about rookies and you're – right out of college and all of a sudden you're in Vegas. Right. No one's even talked about that. Oh my God. How do you survive that? Yeah. That's it's a great point. And like like, survive. Are we talking terminal again? (laughs) I'm just thinking about survival. (laughs) Are you thinking like a zombie apocalypse? I've I've been on the quill. Do you know something? No, I'm just, I'm on a lot of meds. (laughs) On the quill. I mean, I think NFL players will love it. They will love the road trip to Vegas. And I think, I think it might be a fun place for young people, you know, young people. Well, to yeah. Move to. But it's going to be, you know, the potential for insane stories and just everything coming out is A blue chip All I'd say, though. I'm not going blue chips. Yeah. <laughs> Rappaport mentioned the coaches last night were already, like, thinking about how to deal with that, where you keep teams. You keep them 30 miles off the strip, they're saying, potentially. But honestly, like, if you're 23, 24, you got a ton of money. <laughs> Any NFL city, you can go do whatever you want for the most part. I mean, it's, I mean, it's yes, it's there's more. Think overt. about when you guys have gone to Vegas. Well, think yeah. about think about what we sign every year as NFL employees. The NFL compliance plan, like it is literally against policy to stay in a hotel. I believe that has a sports book in it. Like, wh- 
Think about how, how do you do a Super Bowl there? Then how do how do you really right. convince? I, I don't. It doesn't it's, make. I believe, complex, but you talked about it culturally. This is going maybe to maybe it's change. changing. It's changing. I believe you can stay in the hotel. You cannot oh, okay. set foot inside the sports book. Um, uh, I, I believe. I believe that's what it is. And, You're hoping okay. that because you've already shattered that compliance Yikes. rule. <laughs> that's. I feel like I. That's something that I had heard. That's all. Greg all of a is like the studio just goes dark. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Greg has at this point committed to memory the compliance outlines around any sort of gambling adventure. I make sure I'm with I'm fully compliant. Rule eleven C measure like, A. It's like a beautiful mind. He's like writing it on the walls and on the windows. <laughs> um, you bring up a good point, by the way, Colleen, about uh, young guys, young girls like going to Vegas for weekends and now oh, we're gonna build in the Raiders game. That's a little tricky. The game's going to be on Sunday afternoon. You're going to get into town Thursday or Friday. If you have a bad weekend. No, th- what they need is – How are you going to afford anything? New, well, yeah, the new stadium, though, needs to have IV stations, I think. <laughs> oh, there you go again. Right, because they have IV buses there. Are you talking about the company yeah. you endorse? Wait, what was this? The no, you were no, peddling that, that water product No, it's or whatever. liquid IV, right. and it's a hydration <laughs> You're shameless, guy. It's no, it's awesome. We just asked I actually, her. We I asked drink her. it all the time. It's great. She's um, like, I got to get on the Raiders podcast. I got actual... to sell this thing. <laughs> Greg defending Colleen. You just asked her. I mean, you asked her what it was. <laughs> well, she answered the question. Well, we're having fun, Greg. I know. I know. I keep buying it though, for real. Um, but the no, that was shameless. Like, that little aside right there was. I keep shameless. buying it. Though. I keep buying it because it works. <laughs> but the, what about the IV buses and stuff that they have there? They have like people that will come to you and give you IVs, and like so that should totally be in the state. Colleen all over the IV bus situation <laughs> in Listen. Las Vegas. Everyone else is like, oh, I didn't know about the, that. The plus is, yeah, as, <laughs> as we said, if there was one NFL team in Vegas, Raiders, makes sense. It could, if the stadium is cool, it adds another kind of layer to Vegas as a fun uh, venue. And I get, the, I get the finance, and it's all about money. We know that, like that's what this is. This game's all about if you're an owner, because the NFL team is your is your plaything. He's going from Oakland, where they were like near the bottom of the pile, making money in terms of revenue. And if this works, it's going to be insane the amount yeah. of money that. The that's Raiders why I think the NFL on. may yeah. not look back on it and say it's a mistake, because they care about one thing. I get they care it, about one thing. But I think the-, the NFL has done a good job over the long term of thinking big picture and thinking what's best for the league, not always just thinking about dollars. And, like, is it that big of a deal that one of your 32 teams is making less stadium revenue right now than the other teams? Aren't some things more important than that over a really long period of time? You got your answer. 31 owners told you the answer. Right. I think at a different point in NFL history when there were more – Rooney's and Mara's and, and all the original owners, maybe the decisions would be different. But now it's like, nope, we got to bump them up to the 18th most valuable team from 32nd. Gotta but do think that. about it, too. All of the hotels there and the casinos, they're going to buy suites in the new stadium. Yeah. They're going to be yep. giving away That's tickets. Fair. And like if every single hotel, if you're the only hotel that doesn't have one, like are they all once one does it, then they all have to do it. Hmm. All right. Well, one question, Dan. You said yes. that the Raiders are the best team to move to Las Vegas, what would be the worst in your opinion? I mean, besides, I would Golden say the Knights. Texans. That wouldn't work, but why would the Texans be the worst? The Las Vegas Texans. It's kind of the conflict. Oh, you of mean just from the of... name? I don't. Well, yeah, I'm just the saying. Name, yeah. Okay. okay. Not roster or coach. I mean, there's but... a team called the Utah Jazz, and nobody bats an eye. But I laugh about that. <laughs> what about the Pelicans? <laughs> L.A. Lakers. Well, they named them uh, the Pelicans. I mean, the Pelicans. A lot of Pelicans down there. Uh, Greg, you can attest to. Uh, you were a big. Player. I mean, it was a surprising choice for a nickname, but it was their choice when they moved yeah, to New Orleans. It's true. Uh, an odd one. Texans make sense from a pure naming standpoint, but they would probably rename it. Yeah. What? A, yeah. Well, all right. I'm going without renaming because that, <laughs> that 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 I'm I'm eliminating them in that because it seems like the most obvious. Mm. Yeah. No. You don't need to listen. You can come back later yeah, with an think answer. About it, okay? I'm not putting you on the spot. <laughs> Slow the podcast Give down to a time. screeching halt. There. The Kinda, Dol- Dolphins the, would be weird. The they Vegas don't. Oh, they don't yeah. fit too Maybe well. Maybe the Giants. That you know, the Giants have been there forever, and they're kind of like, "Hey, we're the classy New York team." And suddenly, oh, Las Vegas, Las Giants, Vegas so Giants. Kind of sounds cool. Yeah. Kind of works, and you know, the Vegas Patriots. Okay. They almost went to St. <laughs> Louis. All right. <laughs> I mean, can we get through one show talking about Vegas Patriots? <laughs> says the Jets fan. Jets come up a lot on this show. I yeah. And, I apologize. And they're a lot less relevant. Shut up. Oh, boy. The I mean, Vegas right. Saints would be good. All right, I'm done. Yeah. That's Vegas good. Saints is good. 
They should be the Vegas Saints and Sinners. Ooh, the Sinners. I like that. Saints and Sinners is a, a woefully <laughs> overpriced uh, place for food uh, in uh, New Orleans. I remember. I believe. Greg, well, it used to be a Culver City bar. I right believe now. owned by the guy who uh, <laughs> is the lead in the male strip show movie. I'm really Slow getting down. old here. <laughs> what? I'm really getting old. Uh, what are you he's a very about? famous guy, but I can't think of his name right now. Uh, what the hell's going yeah. here? Poor Sydney. You know, there is. I don't want to. I want to table the discussion. Yeah. Uh, until. Well, the, the male strip club discussion. Yes, as well. Permanently tabled. Though. That's permanently <laughs> tabled. The other discussion I want to hold for Wednesday because Wes has to be here for it. But I don't, I don't want to do it. And I know we have rules. What is it? But Wes, Wes is a desert consigliere. Spice Rack. It might be good to get some perspective Ooh. on a guy that actually mm. lives in Las Vegas. I think he might have I'm a little Debbie. Ooh, I agree with Sid. that. I think you need both on Wednesday. Can you get in touch with little Debbie's people? Working see if on you can it. make something happen? Yeah. <laughs> it was Channing Tatum, by the way. Tatum. We, we had tabled that conversation, yeah. but you, <laughs> I brought, I've gone back to it. I brought it back. I think it might, and we'll let Wes decide because it was is his his buddy that, that of course, and on some level, Wes has felt let him down with some of his past appearances. But if ever there was a time to check back in with the spice rack. I don't know. I right. agree with you. There's some other news to hit. Um, so why don't we do it? So let's see what else is in the news. It's alive. Oh, it's alive. It's alive. I'm alive. You're alive. I get it. <laughs> Good job, Sid. Because you died, but now you're not. You're back gone. like Lazarus. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah, there's the other stuff in the news. It's it's kind of a, a bit of a several steps down in terms of irrelevance. <laughs> but let's talk about Adrian Peterson. And uh, still doesn't have a team. He released a statement on his social uh, media handles. Of I course think he did. He did it on Twitter. I think he might have done it on Facebook. Uh, and I'll read it real quick here. You can't believe everything you read or hear, people. Oh, this was in reference to the report out there that he was seeking $8 million annually uh, as a salary, which I think we talked about briefly on Friday, which is kind of crazy considering the market for veteran running backs. Uh, you can't believe everything you read or hear, people. The last thing I'm worried about is playing ball this coming season. That will happen. It's not all about the money, as everyone is speculating here lately. Blah, blah, blah. Let me eliminate questions or speculation as to why I believe the whole I believe wholeheartedly my God will land me right where I need to be to accomplish what I've asked from him. Period. He's looking for the best fit. And he, a team that he could help in a major way win a championship. Interesting. Well, of course, he's not worried about it right now because all the other big name free agent running backs are off the market. So it's really just him sitting there and he's 32 coming off a meniscus tear. What, like what else does he have to do? He has no other choice. I I was confused, but I didn't. I read this statement. I first of all, I wasn't even sure what he was referring to in the first place. And then he he said, how prideful is it for me to put out? I won't play for anything less than eight million exclamation. I, I don't know what he was even trying like what the point he was trying to prove there confusing but however he would say like who am i right to say that i wouldn't play for anything less than that that why well here's who you are you're the person who hired the agent who said that you want eight million dollars yeah i think it's i think it's a statement reflecting on whatever he's hearing behind the scenes it says you definitely are not going to be making eight million a year so get out ahead of it and act like that's nonsense i would never demand such a thing not you adrian peterson no we continue to hear Marshawn Lynch and the conti- all these little stories. He's got his tank is full. The, he's rejuvenated. The Raiders could be interested. Blah blah blah. Um, the Greg the the Peterson to Oakland still makes a lot of sense. But let's be honest here. Where else could this guy play? Does anybody else have a a team to throw out that maybe hasn't been discussed that makes sense at this point? He's got to get a job somewhere. It's almost April. Have you talked about the Lions? I haven't. Maybe the Lions. He goes to a division rival. Buccaneers, they, they, potentially. They need an every down back. I think he should do it. I think the Buccaneers have been a great fit. And I think like all of these teams are waiting for that price to come down. I think if he said, I'll play for one million, I mean, one year, two and a half million, there'd be teams interested. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bucks would be one of them. But I think he should do that before the draft because 
that's one thing depressing his market already is how good this draft class is. And then I think once you get, you know, 10 running backs in the first three rounds or whatever it's got to be, and, you know, three or four in the first, you know, 35 picks, like those teams are really going to be off the market for a guy like Adrian Peterson. Uh, Sign now. Moving on. Uh, the Buffalo News is the major daily in uh, the Western New York region, and Jerry Sullivan is a columnist for that newspaper. Great and, NFL coverage by the the Buffalo News. One of is. the it's one of the good. standouts, I would say. And uh, Jerry wrote a column that was published today uh, over the weekend. Headline: Bills should fire Doug Whaley <laughs> and be done with it. I'm just going to read the opening two graphs here <laughs> oh, no. because. Jerry doesn't pull any punches here. I'm actually beginning to feel sorry for Doug Whaley. Bit by bit, the Bills general manager has seen his power and stature diminished as the Pagulas conferred unprecedented control of the football operation to their new head coach, Sean McDermott. Whaley has become a mute, emasculated figure. He's not allowed to speak for the organization anymore, even on the rare occasions where they used to trust him. The latest indignity is his exclusion from next month's pre-draft media Luncheon. So, what uh, if you read? I read the whole column. It's 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 good. It's well written and it, it makes sense. There's logic to it. But Sullivan's basically getting at they decided to make McDermott like the all-seeing Oz guy in Buffalo. Which let's be honest, that's a risky move making him a Belichick guy when we don't know if he can do anything. He's never been a coach or a GM or anything, and that puts Whaley in a position where he's basically lame duck or something worse waiting to be fired or should he quit and try to keep his dignity? It's a, it's a situation it's similar to what happened to uh, Howie Roseman in Philadelphia with Chip Kelly. But he came out the other side. I know not that Doug Whaley is going to, <laughs> that won't happen here, Mm-mm. but it, it is very peculiar that they're, I don't know. understand why they didn't fire him at the same time as Rex Ryan. Right. They why were, didn't they just clean the house entirely? GMs don't usually get the opportunity to work with multiple coaches to work with multiple quarterbacks and to, in that period of time, clash with multiple regimes. I mean, Whaley clashed with Doug Marone, and he clashed, at least ideologically, with, with, with Rex Ryan. It's, it's like, how is this guy continuing to exist in this organization? It, it's frustrating for Bills fans that you're starting a new era in a month into it, like a local, the local columnist is writing, fire the GM, and, and getting away with it. It's like... The imagine being Jerry Sullivan, just you see Doug Whaley at the Seven Eleven or something. Awkward. Uh, you know that's gonna very be very awkward. I mean, just store situation. You can't publish this article <laughs> until you just are confident this guy's on the way out, and the the organization's not gonna just crush our paper for something like this. the The marriage of Whaley and McDermott seems strange that you would even go into it. And it sounds like McDermott is the one that's getting to pull the strings now. The only thing I can think of is he's waiting to be fired so he can get paid for the rest of his contract. And maybe they're just keeping him to be a scapegoat for McDermott if McDermott's moves don't totally pan out. It's good to have scapegoats inside the organization, any organization. The Pagulas, they built, they bought the Why do you think we keep Sully around? Point. It's totally even back there right now. No, I mean, total <laughs> sniper fire from Greg. total wow. snipe job. That was the exact word I was. Although I agreed use. with his point, so I yeah. I'm right there with him. I yeah, I thought he was back the, there still. It's funny the <laughs> and this this speaks to the the frustration of Bills fans that because again they have not been in the playoffs since the '99 season, which is even if you're in Tom Brady's division, that's unacceptable. And there's such a frustration. The Bakulas were hailed as saviors when they stepped in and saved the Bills from potentially being moved out of Buffalo. But now you could really feel, uh, even, what are we, 3,000 miles away, you could feel the chill, uh, both from the media and the fans of of the Mm. Bills, who are sick of it. They are sick of everything around this team, their inability to get things together and have a couple 10-win seasons and just get rolling in the right direction. They can't do it, and I think Whaley is like, he's a symbol of that. Like, they refuse to really do things the right way, and it keeps them behind the curve. I get it. As a Jets fan, I get it. it well, you sense. can't sympathize with them then if that's the case until they get rid of him, until they mm. just fire him. I guess the point is that he is kind of gone. But he's just living in the building now. And he called him a mute, emasculated figure, Jerry did. I mean, Jerry is pitying him. That's terrible. Pull the trigger. Get him out of the building. All right. Nice imagery. 
you know, with the chill coming over Buffalo. Mm, Ooh, yeah. 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 A little lake effect snow. <laughs> Burying Buffalo once talk. more. A little temp talk in a big spot. People, people love talking about the lake effect snow, you know, during Bills games or whatever. It's always the lake effect snow. Mm. Everybody's got to calm know. down with the lake effect snow. <laughs> right. Just, you ever lived up there? What do you know about lake effect snow? I'm just saying, just call it snow. I mean, it's snow. You don't see, like, the opposite gender for, like, eight months in upstate New York, <laughs> in just western New York. So. You, you went to, like, approximately 14 colleges. One was up in that area. Ithaca right? College, but yeah. my both Ooh. of my grandparents lived in Syracuse and Ithaca, and we would take these drives up in the winter. It's no joke. That winter is not something to be trifled at. I used Reg. to go to wrestling <laughs> matches up there. It's crazy. You would wrestle up there. I would go to wrestling matches there. What kind I was of wrestling? The re- I was the wrestling manager at Drexel. Oh, I thought you meant like WWF. <laughs> no, Ithaca. You were the mm. wrestling mat- manager? What? Yeah, it was my uh, work study, so I got paid for that. Did you get tuition. cauliflower ear and uh, Ew, no. viral Gross. skin diseases as well? Ew, it's a thank tough God. sport. No, they, what, what do you get? You get like ringworm, right, yeah, from ringworm. the mats? No, that was disgusting. But I learned how to score matches. How about that? I covered wrestling at my old newspaper and never learned how to score matches. You didn't? You know, you just had a, every, 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 every match I covered became a, a human interest puff piece about some kids <laughs> fight to overcome the odds. Same thing when they had no. me. They sent me to cover swimming and diving. Oh, I did that. I'm like, well, you, you think I'm going to know what's a good dive and a bad dive? Right. Let's do some human interest pieces and be done with it. I did that with lacrosse. I have no idea. I couldn't cover. I I would get into the fifth inning of a baseball game and have no idea what's happening. <laughs> like, honestly, I mean, like if you start no, if you if you're covering baseball and they don't have the scoreboard up, and it's just humans playing baseball and it's a high school like low level field. Sure, you're not keeping score. Oh, well, I'm trying to keep young, score in a in a book. I took it young, seriously. Young and you're trying to keep score and like hot I have, dogs, maybe yeah. a br- beer. There's an, I'm I'm like 16 years old. Not even drinking beer. I'm saying I, I would get into the fifth inning and I realize I have no idea what the score is and which person. From the team I'm supposedly covering, do I acknowledge at the end of the game? I have no idea what the score was. I don't know who did what. I have to write an article on this. I quit. I'm done. I'm out. Drive home. Play drive, Nintendo. Drive to Costa Rica. Um, <laughs> little Ralph Barry stood on that diving board and looked out to the water. But he might have been looking little. out to the world for all we know. Mm. So much was on his shoulders in that moment. Barry came through. And then you just plug in the quotes, scoring. Get some quotes. Get me yep. a quote. Get, get out the of there. Coach. Get, get the out. Kid, and away we go. What was the name of the newspaper? <laughs> the Journal News. Ah. Yeah. All right. Also home to Ian Rappaport. Yep. Ian R. Rappaport. He used to use the initial. I don't know if I'm breaking news. Really? Does that count? Did I break that? <laughs> oh, jeez. You like that, Greg? I like it. Ian used to go by Ian R. Rappaport. <laughs> I mean. Uh, wow. The bar Haven't lowering a, right. I constantly <laughs> on this news really, uh, of yours. you got to find out anything else recently. So the gong and the dolphin. <laughs> That's how easily we're we're triggering that drop, Sydney. I worked hard on that drop. Yeah, you did. Okay. Play it as much as so I can. Don't <laughs> let them shame you. Get your they, mileage out of it, please. The way they try to shame me. Don't. You just, we got to be stronger than that. Bring them. me down. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Stay strong. That's what's happening in the news. I was going to talk about the Bears and Packers players. Yeah, what happened to that one? Together. At Sharky's Funhouse. Not a lot to get to there. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, Greg wasn't thrilled about the, the story, and we're a little short on time. So, but I mean, she just summed it up. Sharky's. Sharky's Funhouse, that's where they were the night they got arrested. Would you, if you were a younger fan, Mark, when you were a Browns fan, all of 16 years old, would you have been upset to hear about an offseason story with a Browns player, say an Eric Metcalf, and a Steelers player, say a Bubby Brister, uh, arrested together? Yeah, I think I would have. I mean, it, I remember being utterly horrified when I found out that Hulk Hogan and Iron Sheik were arrested <laughs> together in a car in, like, North Carolina. It blew my childhood mind away i didn't understand yeah. why they would be actual friends yeah wow that was especially that would be especially like alarming because they really did uh try hard to keep the the the, the curtain down at that time yep kfab kfab what is, any wrestling fans out there can correct me on that that's the inside <laughs> terminology to break kfab what i don't know kfab K A F A B E. Whatever. We'll get into that at another okay. time. Wow. 
Let's hit the this mailbag. Sh- this table that. <laughs> this show has a terminal on this suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In professional wrestling, kayfabe is the portrayal of stage events within the industry huh. as real or true. No. Specifically, the portrayal of competition, rivalries, and relationships between participants as being genuine and not of a staged or predetermined nature of any kind. Good nugget. How do you pronounce it? Shut up. Hey, Phoebe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's do some mailbag questions. Jaunty. I loved it. Mm. I loved it. Uh, the first one here, Luke Undlin at Lund2887. More likely to be a pro bowler this year, Tom Savage. Mm. Keep Sydney on her toes. Tom Savage. Tom Savage is real. <laughs> or, be ready, Sydney here, Christian Hackenberg. Christian Hackenberg is real. <laughs> More likely. I mean, what kind of question is this? It's obviously uh, Tommy Savage, mm. who looked who looked like he had a little bit of promise and has a chance to start week one for a team. Right. I don't think it's a great chance because I think Tony Romo will be there. But if Tony Romo's not there, I fully expect to- Tom Savage to be their week one starter. I'm with you in that it's you, you could go eight weeks before we even see Christian Hackenberg. If they if things play out, probably Bryce Petty we'll would be number October two behind Josh him, McCown. So you're not going to win MVP by taking right. over on Halloween. Plus, they generally describe his— you Not know, MVP, by the way. Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl, yeah. They, hey, they're going to go one in 15. They're not going to, there's going to be a lot of Pro Bowl players on the Jets. Next as week. Joe Beningo would say, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> they generally describe Hackenberg's you know, f- football ability in practice to be something akin to like a sixth grader. Yeah, all right. I mean, they're, I think they're cruel Savage. to Hackenberg. I'm yeah. not the one. I'm yeah. just saying they, they're brutal talking about they it. Are. Tom Savage is more real than Christian Hackenberg, according to your mm. sound drops. So. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely more real. Who starts more games? Uh, is Tony Romo going to be on the Texans? Is that going to happen or what? I think yes or be, no, he Mark. Could be, he could be announcing Texans games. I will say yes, though. <laughs> okay. This one from Scott at Scott underscore Mets 2112. It's a mouthful, Scott. I'm not going to say your Twitter handle's bad. There's just a lot going on there. A lot of characters. 21-12. Um, should Browns tell Garrett and Watson to kiss off at number one because of their quote-unquote jokes? Trubisky wants to be in Cleveland. Now, a little background to this. Uh, Definitely I, I, not. I believe Garrett sent out the word or someone did or something was reported <laughs> that he wanted to go to the Cowboys. He, he made a joke. It was a public. joke. It was okay. a video. Deshaun Watson, I don't even know the Watson situation, but uh, I guess something similar happened. Uh, I think to a lesser degree. Yeah, anti-Cleveland or I want to go somewhere else. Who knows? Mitchie Trubisky wants to be in Cleveland. Now, it's kind of a a silly question, but a good one, Scott. But the point is a real one, I think. The fact, Mark, that Cleveland has this bad reputation. Would you – not want a guy that had some negative things to say about your franchise. Very briefly, not at all. I would absolutely take those players because we just spent 20 minutes talking about the Raiders, a team that no one wanted to go to four or five years ago. If Cleveland got good, do you know what's going to happen in that city? It will be bigger than the Cavs, I promise you. Bigger than the Cavs. It is a football city at its heart, and he could be part of that. Any players they pick, can be. they should want that challenge. Here we go. This one from Gavin Harris at Gav Pedro. You can choose any city in America. Greg, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, for an expansion team, which city do you choose and why? Any city you want, buddy boy. Any city. Not Martha's Vineyard, but anywhere else. I mean, I would go San Diego. I mean, that sounds like, I don't know what the the word would be, sentimental or something, but it's the right choice. It's a huge, great football market, and they don't have a team. If, if we're trying to think of cities that have never had an NFL team. That's good. I I think I didn't think of that immediately, but that's a great choice. I'm uh, How about that, Mark? A little empathy from Greg over there. I mean, oh. it's very human. <laughs> very human moment from Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> Colleen? What about <laughs> – I hear Austin is really cool. That would be cool. Austin, mm. Texas. I have no idea. But, you know, mm. it's like I think it's the, – the charm of Austin 
and I know a little bit about it. Emily's from Texas. I got married. Oh, so you're an insider again? A little huh? bit. Well, a little bit. A little bit. We don't need the drop. We don't need the drop. <laughs> um, that that's not breaking news. But uh, part of the charm is that it's a, ni- a nice little city and uh, it keep Austin weird. That type of vibe. Mm. Hipstery. Well, that it's funny. It's funny you say that because the I believe the original sure. the, re- the original slogan was the, my the other city that came to mind. Keep Portland weird. Yeah. Big big uh, week for the Northwest with a couple college basketball teams. How about throw an NFL team in Portland? Okay. Works yeah. for me. Works for me. Good answers, guys. Moving on. Uh, what else we got here? How about the Anchorage Arrows? Put a team up in Anchorage Outdoor Stadium. Get men that know how to play in the most freezing temperatures. Yeah. And you, you just destroy teams 51 to nothing. I like You that. throw the ball once a game, maybe. Would you cover them? That would be On cool. On television from here, sure. <laughs> I'll take you a step further. You're already in Alaska. Let's take the b- to Russia. The Russian <laughs> Rockets. Oh, I thought it was the United States. I would definitely pick a team outside of the States, number one. Oh. The Russia Rockets. Where in Russia? <laughs> Middle of what Moscow. What's going on here? Minsk. Middle it would of be in Moscow? Minsk. <laughs> Why not go Siberia at that point? <laughs> Suddenly, Russian intelligence has appeared to have uh, connected with our host and is now impacting. Out of Vostok, maybe? Now Russia impacting the. <laughs> is one of the great superpowers, <laughs> and we should all respect what they have to say. All uh, hail to Russia. Russia has it together. <laughs> Moving on, Mark, this question is for you. Sure. <laughs> Dean Bonner. At Dean in the yay. Good one, Dean. How many teams you know. are legit? And all jo- all kidding aside here, just give me a number, Mark. How many teams are legitimate contenders for the Super Bowl next year? Four. Stop. Hey. I know, Greg, you don't like that. To make the Super Bowl or to win it? Super Bowl contenders. Get okay, the I guess Bowl. to win. Okay. I'm saying to win get four. There. Oh, to win, win. To win, I'll go four. To get there, seven. Okay, who's who can win? Who can feasibly win the Super Bowl? Patriots. Right. Packers. Steelers, Cowboys. Everybody else can go home. The Seahawks have no chance. According not, to Mark. They, they don't make my cut. Do you have the they, Raiders on there? Your no. card is arbitrary. Mm. Tough day for Oakland. I mean, this whole there's all this assumption on NFL Network too. It's like the Super Bowl contending Raiders make a big push and get to the Super Bowl next year. Like, okay, look, look at a lot needs to happen for that to be the reality. To happen. They they had a magical season last year. That doesn't just doesn't happen every single season. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Chiefs maybe ever? I'm maybe I'm being a little conservative with four, but I don't think it goes beyond four or five. Don't say Chiefs, Colin. Are you going to say Chiefs? Wild card round, they're out. That's it. They they have a legitimate right. shot to get to the wild card round. Uh, <laughs> next up, Tom Marshall, a Red Zona UK. How long until Las Vegas gets a Super Bowl? Super Bowl sixty, maybe. Um, it makes sense that Vegas would become. You know, all the conventions, if you're from the States, uh, uh, Vegas is like the convention capital of the world. So they can host big events. They have a convention center. They have arenas. Uh, there's no shortage of entertainment. Obviously, I would think Vegas, yet, Greg, more competition for New Orleans to get the game that they deserve every fourth year. So annoying. Inglewood has the 2021 Super Bowl. So the next one available is, is 2022. And if the recent track record is any indication that'll be Las Vegas's. You get it about two two years after you open your new stadium. They're opening in 2020. That would be the time. Basically the next one. Uh, Jack Clark at Southerner Jack. Likelihood of the return of, te- uh, return of team of ATN and the Ooh. chances that team makes the playoffs. It's a, it's a thorny issue. It's, it's a thorny it's issue. It's been a tough kind season. of problematic for you guys. It's been a tough season. What do you think, uh, Mark? Will the segment return? Mm-hmm. Yes, I I would be fine if it didn't, but I feel it will be somehow but we'll somehow force it upon ourselves. <laughs> no idea. I feel like I that's we'll been the attitude. It'll be like September. We'll be like, all right, guys, let's get jazzed up again for it. It's like, okay, here we go. Mark was burned last year. Oh, that was a tough year for Mark. I mean, not well, only the Browns go one and fifteen. You were out in front with the Vikings, and, I was and that you. got that got a little personal, and and nobody enjoyed it, and you enjoyed it the least. It was not fun. Um, yeah, it, I I'm not like longing for that segment to come back. <laughs> I don't. I think there's major like organic issues to begin with because 
usually half the people have to pretend to be excited about the team. Yeah, it's been a while since we all. Why don't you have two teams? Or never. See, that's we've gone down all those routes in terms of breaking down how to fix it. Mm. And then it just becomes convoluted. And what you're, if already, you're already up your own ass, and then how much further can one go when you have multiple teams? I, I would be willing to pick it out of a hat, but I know that other people would not be. Many, many of this group. I kind of love be. that idea, actually. And if whoever we, we take, you have we to get ride on board. If we, if we, well, if <laughs> yeah. we picked, if we picked like a maybe a handful of finalists that we agree, I feel on, like you and then you pick that all out of thirty-two that. teams. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's that. <laughs> then we're already getting into all this like checks and balances. Like it's thirty-two teams. You Ooh. pick one, and you you know what? You can't complain. We're not trying yeah. to convince each other. You can't be you can't be later say, oh, it's Dan's fault that this is our team, right. and we'll have someone else pick. Maybe the person Ooh, who picked like out the this. hat, we could we could blame that person. The, I I I really like this. So I'm, not I'm not picking. I'm not picking. I'm not picking. Can we do can we do ping pong balls? Could we have a Ooh. could we have a lottery? Yeah. And make it an event. That oh I can, that I can get excited about. That's a great like idea. We have a lot of hours to fill this. A up. lot of hours. <laughs> Uh, from Philip Gaffey at pgaff seventy one, is P-Gaff. the is the last time we will see the infield and pitcher's mound on the middle of a football field. Uh, he's referring, of course, to the Raiders, who are the final team to share NFL team to share a facility with the baseball team, the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, this could be it. I think it's definitely it, barring some yeah. one Hopefully. game weirdness somewhere. It will be, uh, yeah. It seems like a relic from another time already whenever it happens now. Uh, but, yeah, this is it. This will probably be the last time the, the, uh, because it's such big business, bigger than ever. The idea of the NFL and MLB being in, in oh, business no together, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. That's, what, that's what ultimately killed them in this stadium situation is being partners with the A's in this terrible lease that they signed. It's so distracting out when you're watching the game, too. I like it as a like growing up in the 80s. There were f- probably five or six teams that had that early in the year, and it was kind of a cool marking of early season football. But I think it, if anything, it'll be written up in a future, you know, packed between the players and the owners that we don't play on dirt surface. You, you cannot, we're not going to do that when we're making the contracts we're making. Uh, next up. How long until Greg Rosenthal is too famous for the podcast and you can only get him on as a special guest? <laughs> Look out, it's NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. Call the sheriff. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> Greg, any truth? I love that drop. Uh... <laughs> As far as I've seen, you know, we, we, we've been on NFL Network a lot more than I ever was, you know, during the season that we made such a big deal out of. So maybe it should be NFL Network's, you know, Greg Rosenthal, Dan Hansis, Colleen Wolf, Mark Sessler, and Chris Wessling. But still your name first. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> oh, noted. Notice the, the little bit of, like, sadness in Greg's voice when he speaks <laughs> about this reality that we're all on together now as opposed to – It is a lot more fun, and the segments are a lot better. That's for sure. Uh, By the way, Zickus, great job with that drop. Matty Zickus We were listening to it in the office the other day, just playing it over and over. People uh, people should watch up to the minute, by the way, on <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah, forget about Matt Zickus. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Zick slime is, ball. Zick Zick has just, just got more pop than he ever expected. So <laughs> All right, that was good. enough. Go ahead, Greg. Wow. Two to two. Arian Nihilist chimes in. Two to three Pacific, <laughs> five Sorry, to man. six Eastern. Up to the minute. We'll be on it Tuesday. Uh, Brett Loveday at Cow Yank. Who amongst the heroes do we trust least in Vegas? <sighs> what does that even mean? To do what? There's you. a couple categories. All right. This is how I see it. Um, Greg, in general, you kind of have your stuff together in the sense that you, you're – unless it's like a really crazy night, Greg's not going to go too high or too low, and that's a compliment. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you could – it would be a situation not gonna like, be the answer where is Greg? It's <laughs> not, I'm not going to be the answer to this question. Yeah. Uh, uh, to a lesser extent, I would I would – put myself in that category too where I might have a um, I might have like a like a I saw you in Palm Springs, Palm Springs night but you're not I'm not going to disappear or and I'm not going to like gamble away uh my my son's college fund mm-hmm. like I'll I'll have some connection I'll be tethered just a little bit despite what Colleen you saw is skeptical here I'm very skeptical okay all right speak on it let me fin- let me finish first and then you can chime in uh Wes hates Vegas so Wes would just stay at the hotel bar wouldn't gamble, wouldn't go to the pool. Maybe he'll go to the pool. 
but he would just uh, enjoy himself and have some spirits. And he might get really drunk, but you know where to find him at the end of the night. He'll be at the lobby bar. True. Yeah. Mark. Mark's to me, Mark's the answer, because if you have one of your like fun Mark nights, I could see you disappearing and making some new friends, going down some wormhole that takes you out of Vegas entirely. All of a sudden you're in Henderson. Like I could see Mark just by his his uh, adventurer spirit. Uh, if the if the night hits you a certain way, right. talking eye and eagle somewhere with someone, right? Or if it I, I or if it go goes in. really wrong, you're you're six feet under the desert. You're buried halfway, under a cactus halfway to. <laughs> I don't wherever. think that would That's fantastic. I I am not a gambler. Number one, like I I always roll right. no capital, but I in my mind I would be like because I'm not gambling, any money I can spend so much more money doing other things, mm-hmm. and that's when the. But I think most of us as a group would be in much more trouble in a smaller setting. Really? Yes, I really do. I think Vegas to me, it's like, I'm not, a, I'm not really into Vegas, but it, this group in general, when, when things have gotten completely off the rails, <laughs> right. it's at like at Palm Springs, it's at a, suddenly the cozy has something going on that they don't know how to handle. It's right. like, it is, a, it's not at a larger venue necessarily, except for Super Bowls and combines. Right. And other events. <laughs> All right, Colleen, <laughs> you're, you're, uh, you deliver the final verdict. Um, Here's the question. Okay. Who amongst the heroes do we trust least in Vegas? Which, by the way, Mark, doesn't mean I would trust you the least, but you would be the biggest wild card. I hear you. Feel free to surprise us. Yeah, trust is sort of a weird thing in Vegas because lots of things happen in Vegas. But in terms of, like, biggest wild card, it's obviously, it's Sessler. We've we've all seen Sessler. We've all been together with uh, each other in these moments and – I could totally see that. But Dan is right there behind <laughs> Sessler. Thank like, you. It's 1A, 1B. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get. And um, just from what, what we saw in Palm Springs, I think that I uh, got a little taste of that. You know, I got to agree with that. We haven't had a chance to talk about Palm Springs. But yeah. I think what happened was Mark so and let's I. Let's do it on air. We got helicoptered into the event. <laughs> And we kind of came in what seemed to be like a neutral zone where there was some recovery night going on and we had some authorities issue. And Mark, you know, Mark and myself. The real cops came, by the way. <laughs> you keep saying that the like the renegade well, cop, we, no, the rent-a-cops We've been corrected came. on that. We've been corrected okay. on that, yeah. Um, so I think at least from my point of view, I wasn't looking to, to for anybody to get summons, uh, summonses or anything, but – Daddy drove to Palm Springs. When it, when a dad that has kids <laughs> can get away for a night, Daddy's going to take advantage of. That is one hundred percent true. And you sure? I did. hope I didn't do anything to make you uncomfortable, Colleen. No, never. Okay. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, I you- did send the invari like that. You knew this text was coming if you're Colleen and Gun. So it was like I didn't do it the next day. It was like a couple days later. Like, hey, had a really good time. Thanks so much. Like, <laughs> dot dot dot. Like, hope everyone's like still cool with us. Like. <laughs> <laughs> there was a general vibe in the morning. We woke up and like, I don't know if we're friend or foe here. Maybe we should just get out of here. No, no. It, I was actually going back and looking through my videos and pictures and Snapchats, and we all had a really great time together. It was a great night. You did a great job. Thanks. Daddy, Daddy's going to talk in the third person all night. <laughs> Greg, you understand my general point, though, third no, person I, aside. When dad gets out of the house, especially when you get I feel the you. second kid. Spring break. It changes everything. Yep. It is It is spring break. You're an animal let out of a cage. You just yeah. have to go literally nuts for 24 hours. Then you're back into your world, and you do a great Dan job. Dan, at one it. point, took the speaker from me that was playing the music and put it on top of the oven hood so I couldn't reach it because I kept taking it from him to turn it down, and then he just kept turning it up louder and louder and louder. Sounds like I was being a jerk. <laughs> But it was just trying to have fun, you know. <laughs> Last question. Good this times. comes from Gmail. We're going to work this off off mic. We're going to get through this. No, we're good. there's nothing to get through. Okay. On mic, good. there's nothing to get through. All good. If you want to send, uh, you could send them anytime around the NFL podcast at gmail.com. Uh, another way to send us mailbag, mailbag questions. The last one will be for Sydney. It's actually titled Sydney related Alvaro Mateo. Um, had this Mateo had Mateo had this <laughs> for you said over under on six flags visits this year we've already had one uh so uh, we'll set the over under at 0.5 Sydney over under wait including the one I just did no not including that one 
Um, uh, probably safe bet to go over, but not much Ooh. over. What? Hey, Sid. You promised me it was a one-time transgression. <laughs> I don't like this at all. I mean, I'll have you know that I was driving home from Anaheim at midnight last night, so it's not like Mickey and I are Whoa. on bad terms. To <laughs> Mickey, keeping you out late. What goes on in Disneyland? Oh, that's yeah. really upsetting. What's going on, Mickey, uh, that late at no, night? No. What happens at midnight at Disneyland stays there, Greg. <laughs> so creepy. Man. Yeah, the most. Thank you. It's good to have someone who has my back. You'll be sorry. <laughs> Bozo. <laughs> Is this a good time to check the sink on these podcast bozos? <laughs> All right. That's it. That's it for today's show. More, oh, you're going back, huh? I thought you didn't like it. You're back now, huh? Six Flags? Yeah. Interesting. I enjoy the rides. I don't enjoy that Valencia is essentially mm. an oven that is just used to bake everything under the sun. Why don't you go watch a few Las Vegas Raiders games? See how that goes for you. No, thank you. We'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, Chris Wesseling will be back with us, God willing. Um, Colleen, you're a warrior. God willing, I'm back. You you beat the odds. Mm-hmm. And you and you sat in this chair like a champion. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank it you. It means a lot to us that you would that you would come back yeah. so soon after that. And again, whatever. After my death. Well, after... <laughs> Whatever happened in Palm Springs, I, I, <laughs> I just wanted to have fun. He sent me a Venmo uh, like later in the week, and it just said, <laughs> <laughs> to make the desert problems go away. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Venmo note, note option. <laughs> have fun with that. Um, all right, that's it. Thank you, Colin. This is Dan Hans signing off. Four. Quiet Storm. Connie Fox. The Boss. The new money behind the glass. Till Wednesday.